Anyway, Revelation chapter 16. Now, I'll say this. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to comment as we go through. I always read, and then we go back, and we... I'm not going to do that. We'll kind of read it as we go through, and we'll discover it that way. Some people uh, who I listen to, who I like, uh, you know, spend uh, two or three, you know, Sundays in Revelation 16. Me, one Sunday, and one and done. And the reason is, this isn't my favorite portion of Scripture. I mean, it's very interesting, but it deals with the wrath of God poured out, which is never my favorite. This is a pack of a pastor's heart. I'm no... I don't know that, you know, God is not willing that any should perish. And I caught that off him. You know, I got that non-perish fever that he, the, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. I, I get that. I, I didn't always love or care about people, but this is hard for me to get through because it's like, oh, man. Well, but we'll be faithful. We don't skip verses. We don't skip whole chapters, of course. And I want to say this, you know, before we start, before we pray. Um, okay, before the tribulation, chapters 1 through 5, chapter 4 and 5 being in heaven, chapter 6 through 10 is pretty much pre-tribulation events. 11 through 15, so it's 5, 5, and 5. 11 through 15 is like what happens in the middle of the tribulation. Chapter 16 the second half of the tribulation. One chapter. I don't think God loves, the, loves it either, but he's faithful to tell you, okay, this is what you're, you have to deal with. You, you don't want to come to faith in Jesus Christ. This, okay, this is the alternate. Um, so without any further ado. So chapter 16, let's pray. Father, as we get through these verses... Again, I'm aware that you know, you're not willing that any should perish, and you've done extraordinarily loving uh, to get us to the place of salvation. You've given us everything. You so love the world. And Lord, for the ones who reject your salvation, who reject your love, who reject your Son, help us understand this. Help us understand what an atrocious thing it is to say no to the grace of God. Lord, uh, does your word be pleased to pour out a blessing on us as we study it, Lord? You know, we've always been the ones who have taken your word seriously. Father, I pray uh, the Spirit of God would take his place and teach us the things that you would have us know. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And I heard a great voice out of the temple. Chapter 15, verse 8, And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God. Why? Where's God? He's in the temple. And from his power, no man was able to enter into the temple. So we have God in there alone. Uh, no one's inside the temple with God till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. We talked last week. What's he doing in there? Well, for my money, brooding. Uh, if I can say it that way, I don't know if that's an accurate way to talk about God. And in no disrespect, you know me better than that. Is ever intended when I reverences, awe is intended i think he's come to the place where okay i've got I, I i said what i it's like okay you understand if you're a dad or a mom or you know a dad or a mom when you say to little johnny little johnny don't do that if you you're headed for and you whatever mayhem you are going to visit on little johnny whatever you're going to do for punishment 
I was going to say, you know, if you spank his little bottom or something like that, people will report me as being abusive. Whatever it is, because certainly you get a 12-year-old daughter, we're not talking about spanking little bottoms. When I talk about, you know, uh, discipline, I'm talking about all the things in your toolbox. Um, you know, you come home. You know what your son did today? Uh, my son, you mean the one who I love, who I want to bless, who I was going to take out, we're going to go get ice cream, that one who I can't take out now. You know what your daughter did today? And we have that dad's heart. We want to bless our children. We want to, we want to take our children's arms and love them. And they're so disappointing when they're like not, when we need to lower the boom. You know, my dad used to say, uh, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. I don't know if he ever said that. I heard that somewhere a long time ago. Um, but I understand it. I understand what it means. I, I don't know that my parents said that, but I know that they felt that. Because both my parents were like hands-on discipliners, if you know what I mean. And it, it was fine. It was more than fine. I learned where the boundaries were. And when my mom said to me, wait till your father gets home, that was not a blessing. Uh, although I always loved seeing my dad. I loved him when I wasn't in trouble. And I think this is that, that, that father heart. <sighs> Discipline's coming. It's not even discipline. It's just wrath. There's no upside. When you discipline a child, because you don't want to raise a murderer. You don't want to raise you want to raise somebody who knows what no means and stays within the boundaries of yes and no. This is God just I, I, I don't think he's happy about this. And so what's this great voice out of the temple? Is this God like yeah! I don't think he's like that. I think this is like go your way and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. Maybe even a whisper. You know, God's voice rocks the earth. Here is it, what's going to happen is going to rock the earth. But I don't think he's, well, I've said what I'm going to say. Let's keep moving. The first went, and by the way, the vials, it's bowls, it's kind of understood, you know, it's, we understand. Vial gives you like a test tube. There's no Bunsen burners involved here. There's just wrath poured out. And think of a bowl emptied quick, you know. Um, and by the way, I think this happens relatively quick towards the end of the, two, the three and a half years because these things could not go on for years and months. They simply can't. And as we go through, you'll see why. The first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. Um, so, what do we know? Uh, noisome, grievous, and sore. Sore means boil. They're painful. It's the same thing that you know uh, Job had. It's the same word, boil. Um, noisome is running. Okay, so there's, what, pus, and it's running, it's nasty, right? Uh, grievous means painful. So we have painful, running, where? Where on their body? All over their body like Job, or just maybe on their right hand or their forehead? Somebody said, oh, I don't know, right on my forehead, that's why, I, now you're pus head. You, you're... you're Really great choices are for everyone to see. 
to humiliation, and it won't stop running. Um, is it upon everybody on the earth? No, just the ones who got the... And is it because of that? Is there a cause and effect? So they put some kind of computer chip in you so you could know if you got the mark, so you could buy or sell. And that computer chip breaks down over time and the little lithium battery, that's the... Because people have proposed that. Do I know? I don't know that. I don't know that. Possibly, even probably, I don't know. I don't know what likelihood that is. I know what's going to happen, though. To anyone who gets the mark, pain and misery and humiliation as this sore that won't, won't heal makes your decisions evident. Um, so those who don't receive the mark, who haven't, who haven't been found yet and killed, who, you know, have got their brown rice and their stuff stored away, who saw this day coming, they, they, won't, be, they won't be infected by this, uh, this first bowl of wrath. The second angel poured out his vial. Let's look at uh, the second and the third bowls together. Uh, the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. So the first, the second angel, uh, pours his bowl on the sea, and it turns to blood. It's not as blood. It's blood. It's as of a dead man. What do you mean? The water became blood? That's what it's saying. And if you don't see it there, you definitely see it on the third angel. The uh, bowls poured on the rivers and fountains of water, fresh water, in other words, and they became blood. Uh, Wait a second, water doesn't become blood. Are you going to talk about a red tide or something? No, this becomes blood, okay? Um, Jesus turned water to wine, okay? Uh, God created everything that is. Once you accept, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, everything else is easy. Um, the water becomes blood. Is that a problem in the sea? Because we don't drink seawater anyway. Well, that's a big problem. All these ships have already a third. Remember the judgment of the thirds. A third of the ships and all that it was tens of thousands, millions of lives probably were lost. As your ship now that was made for water, all of a sudden's in blood, tips over. There's no lifeboats won't work. It's it's, it's nasty. Nobody's coming to rescue you. It's, it's bad. Now the rest is blood. What happens to everything in the sea? It all dies. Every living soul died in the sea. Not the dolphins. Yeah, the dolphins. Not everything. I mean, everything. No fish, no whales, no dolphins, no sharks, no, any, no plankton. Is that a problem? Yeah, kind of is. Everyone thinks that we get all our oxygen or much of our oxygen from Brazilian rainforest. Most of it comes from plankton in the ocean. And so the oxygen content of the air is about 21% at sea level. We know this. How much less is it going to be? Are you going to be gasping for it? Is it going to be painful or problematic just to breathe? I don't know. I don't know. How do you get by 
with no water to drink. Can you drink blood? Can you live off blood? Yes, we're going to find out. Well, I got all my bottled water and I got, you know, Coca-Cola and I got stashed up to right to the ceiling and stuff like that. Maybe um, the first thing, everyone's going to be a run on all whatever stores, whatever. And of course, if you don't have the mark, you're out of, it's not going to go so well. But all that stuff sold right away. Milk, anything that you can possibly drink. Nobody wants to drink blood, but they will end up, after all the reserves are gone, people are going to end up drinking blood. And you're thinking, that's a little heavy-handed of God. Not so. The angel says, nope, nope, they deserve that. I can give you examples. We talked about this before. Pharaoh wants to drown babies, the Israelite babies, and they all end up, Pharaoh's army all ends up being drowned. The thing, it, what goes around comes around. The Bible says what you sow, you reap. And that's probably a better way to say it than what goes around comes around. Haman builds a gallows for Mordecai and, and ends up being hung on that. <sighs> There's a poetic justice about God. And the angels who have been watching humans for several thousand years say, you're righteous, Lord, because this is the judgment. This is a righteous judgment. They've shed the blood of saints and prophets. Thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. In other words, the punishment fits the crime, and the angels testify of that. We have a, a blood, bloody society. They, they, they are just so... And I... You know, I, uh, Brendan Sue's was talking about a new abortion law somewhere, and I was just kind of overhearing it as I was getting my coffee. And imagine the miracle of tomorrow we wake up and there's no abortion in America anymore. That would be good. Have you, Amen. Have you a wonderful day? No, no, not much chance of it happening. But we pray and we always work towards that. Let's just say there's no more abortions in America ever. What are you going to do with the 60-plus million who've already died? Oops, sorry, God. Oh, well. And I'm not trying to, if, you know, if somebody's had an abortion, I understand how that works. I understand the lie that's given to young ladies to tell them that that's... I was talking to a friend the other day, and uh, his wife's having a baby, and I don't want to say too much, but... You know, and he was talking about abortion, stuff like this. Oh, the, the, the baby that your wife's having is a baby because you want it. Let's say you and her fight and argue, and she is done with you, and she goes to have an abortion. That baby that she wants is going to turn into fetal tissue magically and be removed uh, because she doesn't want any more. Now, that doesn't even pass straight face test, and we all know it. But I understand, I'm not trying to like it, you know, if, if, if you've had an abortion or something, or if anyone listening online has had an abortion, God forgives for that. But how do you, how do we, how does if you give a whole nation for 60 million plus and counting? Um, he's a righteous judge. This is what the angel says. Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. We had, we had slavery in America. That uh, person, that human being, is somebody's property, said one group of people. Really? A human being created in the image of God can be owned? 
and sold and traded like so many baseball cards? Really? And God said, I have a, something to say about that. And we had the Civil War. There wasn't a nation, there wasn't a family in America who wasn't affected by the Civil War. I think God's saying, can you hear me now? Uh, let's keep moving. God's judgments are true. They're grievous, but they're, they're, they're just. They're, they're, they're righteous. They're, the, the, the penalty does fit the crime. You say, Adam, what about you? Uh, yeah, I know. It's called the grace of God. It's a wonderful thing. I'm as guilty as anybody else, probably more than most, and I threw myself on the mercy of God, and he forgive, forgave me. Oh, so you get out scot-free. Yeah, it's called grace. Isn't it wonderful? Jesus didn't get away scot-free. Okay? The penalty for my sin was paid. Just wasn't paid by me. That's a good place for an amen. Because some of you are in that same boat. You're thinking like, Lord, this is wonderful. This salvation thing is wonderful. Let me get this straight. Uh, my sin gets traded for your righteousness? It's a wonderful thing. Let's keep moving, though. You're... you're, you're, you're his judgments are righteous and they're true. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. Heard one comedian say, oh, hell is hot. Yeah, I know. But is it humid? Because I can stand the heat. I just don't like the humidity. And I thought, like, that's not funny. That's, like, not hysterically funny. Uh, you know, and I, and I look at all this, and I think it's almost like hell light. You want hell. You don't want me. You want hell instead. You want absence of me in your life. Well, this is what it looks like. Uh, God scorching men with fire. I, I do better in heat than most, working down at solar field in Farmington. Guys are dropping like flies. It, it gets like in the high 80s or 90s, and people are just like, oh, you know. And, uh, and I, I kind of deal with it better than, than a lot. I just, I, I just like the heat better. But this isn't like uncomfortable. This is, what are we looking at? 130 degrees? 120-something degrees? Well, I'll just get a glass of water. No, pass. I, uh, stay hydrated. That's the key on blood. You, you see? And um, I got this running sore on my forehead. and It's kind of all dripping down in my eyes. But I'll get some blood. Uh, no, I can't even clean it up. I just, it's just the whole thing. It's like you, it, every misery on every level. Men were scorched with great heat. So they fell on their knees and they cried out to God for salvation. Wouldn't that be a wonderful verse? That's not what happens. They blasphemed the name of God which had power over these plagues and they repented not to give him glory. Is repentance possible at this stage? Is mentioning that they repented not? Is there a place of repentance here? I don't know. The same sun that melts the wax hardens the clay. You're responsible for your choices. You're responsible for believing and not believing. This is just, they know where it's coming from. They understand that God is the one who's doing it. And they shake their angry fist at God. Oh, you're a horrible God. And us, eh, it's Marriage supper of the lamb time. What, what does heavenly food look like? I don't even know. I know God's given us taste buds here and now. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and he's given us these amazing flavors. 
Thank you, Lord. What's, what's heavenly food going to be like? I'm going to turn to Susan. Hey, pass the dinner rolls, and it's all going to be good. Um, no, God's good. He's run out of patience, and people are just still blaspheming his name. And they still repent not to give him glory. And the fifth angel poured out his, uh, his bowl upon the seat of the beast, and the kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain. Is, is this a physical place? Is the seat of Satan? Well, yeah, by the way, Revelation chapter... Uh, 2, verse 12, And the angel... And to the angel of the church of Pergamos write, These things saith he that hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. Pergamos. Is that where Satan lives? Is that where his throne is? Well, it is at the time of the writing of Revelation. So go back there. It's in Turkey, by the way. Is it the whole nation state of Turkey? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, we're going to be talking about Babylon Next few weeks, 17, 18, we spent five weeks of Wednesday night studying the fall of Babylon, God's, the beginning, some things about Babylon, and then its fall. We even spent five weeks on it. It's a big subject in Scripture. I'm trying to position to, to get us to a place so that we'll understand some of these verses better when we get to chapter 17 and 18. Uh, is that where the kingdom, is, is that what he's talking about? Well, it's, is, is it dark everywhere? Imagine dark, great darkness and great heat. <laughs> I mean, the sun is, is, is turned up, so it's scorching men, but the light isn't. Interesting. It's crazy to me. Um, you want darkness? You want, you don't, I don't want to believe in God. Well, you, you get darkness. God is light, and there is no darkness at all. First thing God says is, he spoke into the darkness and created light. Light be is what he said. Well, there's a lot of things. We can, we can go on about light all day. I don't want it. Don't want it. Don't want it. Well, the absence of light is called darkness. You see? Well, I don't want God. You're in the kingdom of darkness. Um, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't believe that. <sighs> we'll figure it out. And I hope by the time you do, it's not too late. Um, I hear parents say, I don't want to teach my kids about Christianity. They might want a, a different religion when they grow up. I, I felt the same thing about English. I didn't want to oppress my children with English. They might want to speak Dothraki or... Right? So I'm an evangelist for darkness. I don't aid and abet my children in the in the way of righteousness. I just let them go on their own. Now I'm an agent of darkness. And everyone I talk to, I talk to about darkness. And I try to spread my darkness everywhere. And God has no right to judge me? Interesting, interesting, interesting. What's light? This, well, this chapter isn't, I mean, it's light. It's the word of God. It's not light-hearted. Um, but it, it reveals some stuff. It reveals that God's not to be trifled with. Our God is a consuming fire. You'll know him as Savior or you'll know him as Judge. You'll enter into his light or you'll enter into the darkness, eternal darkness. 
God's got a lot to say about darkness. So here they got these, they got blood to drink, they've got pus running, they got, uh, sun is scorching them, and now it's dark. Yay, as they're gasping for air because there's not enough oxygen around. See, I have an idea these things have to take place, like one right after the other in quick succession, because how long could you last in these conditions? And there will be people, as Armageddon, and there is people when God comes back that he's going to judge, and there is a, 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 a sheep and goat's judgment. They nod their tongues for pain. How, do, how, how, is, how is it that darkness is painful? I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I can't even suggest. Um, and they blaspheme the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and they repented not of their deeds. Um, it's, it's interesting, Revelation 3, and don't worry, we'll get through this, okay? Revelation 3, and this is why, what I'm saying, and I, I don't want I to, I don't want to just be unsaid. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We all know that verse, right? For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We all know that verse. God's trying to save the world. He sent Jesus on a rescue mission, not to condemn the world, but to save the world. Verse 18, he that believeth in him is not condemned. Hallelujah. That's me. That's you. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Why? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So, well, the so is this. Verse 19, this is the condemnation. This is the basis for judgment. This is why people outside of Jesus are condemned. Light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light. Why, Adam? Why? Because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. He that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. Don't want God. Why? Because I want my own choices. I, don't, I want to reject. I, I, lo I love my sin. I love darkness. Please don't come around me with the gospel. And that's always the long and short of it. And God says, okay, you love darkness? Here's your darkness. And they nod their tongues for pains. They blaspheme the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores. The sores are still around, and they repented not of their deeds. Is this heavy? It's not supposed to be a feel-good study. I'm sorry that it's not, but we want to treat it like it's saying here. I don't want to put a, you know, put a little smiley face on it because it's not smiley face time. Uh, and the sixth angel. <clears throat> okay, good. We're getting close to the end. Put out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Now, I heard somebody, even this morning, talking about this. Okay, this is that 200 million man Chinese army, and the, now the way is, the Euphrates is dry, because they, now they can come across there and attack. <sighs> That's a trumpet judgment. The 200 million man army was a demonic invasion, if you ask me. Uh, uh, you remember when I had my phone and I said, uh, uh, I, I said, hey Siri, how many uh, Chinese people in, uh, in how many, uh, how big is the Chinese army? It said five million. Remember, remember that? 200 million? They got that out of Time magazine. 
1965, I think it was May 25th, I even knew the page, Mao Zedong said, with a back to the wall, China could raise an army of 200 million. Not at this point. More than half the world is dead, and people are still trumpeting that. You gotta, I'm calling you out. You've got to change that. That is bad theology, if nothing else. Uh, you get trumpet judgment, you get bull's wrath. This is the Euphrates is dried up. You say, well, why is that a problem? Well, well because uh, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Now, hold that thought, because it's all going to Armageddon, okay? Um, that, that's what the whole thing's about. By the way, Euph- Euphrates, it's kind of interesting. By the way, as we've been studying on Sunday nights, uh, Wednesday nights, Babylon was on the Euphrates River. Okay, we, we talked about that for weeks now. Chapter 17 and 18 are dealing with the judgment of Babylon. And we'll, we'll have much to say about that in the coming weeks. The kings of the east are prepared, so there's no Euphrates River to block them. The king east, scripturally, when the Bible talks about, remember it talks about wise men coming from the east? How many people think they came from China? They came from Babylon area, the Magi. I think that was a, a group that da- Daniel, when he was in captivity, helped establish. Where was Daniel in captivity? Um, Babylon, not China, just Put it all together in your thinking. So he got this order of priesthood called the Magi, and they're probably descendants of that, and that's where they came from, Babylon. They didn't come from China. So put the China 200 million. Uh, so the east is, east is, is, is Babylon. Iran, Iraq, um, that east, okay? And God's calling them. Is China involved? I'm sure. And the whole world's going to come to Armageddon, okay? But that's not why he's... And most of us, troop movement stuff, don't, rivers don't really, even in World War II, I mean, we fought a battle in the South Pacific. We didn't care if there were rivers dry. I mean, there's things like transport, but you can't use the waters anymore because they're blood now and they won't float your boat, literally. So this is a, 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 a judgment. Um, one more thing interesting about Euphrates um, you should look up the Ararat anomaly. Okay, you writing that down? Ararat anomaly. It's 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 the ark. Okay, it's on Mount Ararat. So that's where the Euphrates, the Ararat mountains. That's where the Euphrates is fed from. That's where it runoff from that mountain range is what makes the Euphrates River. The Euphrates River. So that's dried off. What happened? All the glaciers, all the ice melted? Well, it would. Did you not read that men were scorched with great heat when the uh, fourth angel put out his vial upon the sun? Yeah, we're going to have global warming for sure. Is that happening now? Yeah, probably. Is there anything you can do about it? Yeah, buy a battery-operated car, whatever. Uh, I'm... I think we should be good stewards of the planet. I think that there's a hysteria, hysteria out there which is created by people who are trying to control you, not by people really, really super concerned about the environment. I think we should be concerned about the environment. I mean, I really, really do. God's made us stewards of the planet. Uh, I think a lot of these global warming is 
I don't want to talk too much about this. It's made from computer models that may or may Listen, you can mess around with the numbers and come up with anything you want, right? Uh, Chuck Mislow, he says, you torture the data long enough, it'll confess to anything. And I think people want uh, to control us. And I think global warming is one of the ways they are trying. Will really global warming happen? We're reading about it. What are you going to do? You're not. You're going to drive your. You're going to trade in your Lexus for a. a, a what, what's that smart car? That um, Tesla or that little? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then you're all set. Yay! If if you pray and God's leading that direction, God bless you. I think that's that's fine. That's even wonderful. Uh, but you trading in your automobile, you. You get you train your truck for a Volkswagen Beetle or something like that is not going to prevent this from happening. Okay, just just this is ecological disaster. That's all, listen. All the dolphins are dead. You, you know what I mean? Oh, it's horrible. It's no, it's worse than horrible. God made the planet. God can wreck it. Don't worry. He's going to recreate it. Will we have dolphins in the millennial kingdom? Well, I think we'll have dinosaurs. I think we'll have everything. But the only problem is you're not going to worry about, like, you remember we, we talked about this in the past, and we'll talk about it again, mostly on Wednesday nights. We're going to look at the millennial kingdom, and there's all kinds of verses. You know, it's, it's the time where the wolf and the lamb lie down together, and the, 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 the baby playing in the, the, the snake's den. And you, but they don't hurt or harm in all of the, the holy mountain. There's no more animal attacks. And I think God in his creative ability, there's all the animals there again. Um, it, all the animals that have been lost to, I mean, you know, they're all, they're all back. I, I think that's how it works anyway, but I don't want to spend all the time there. But I think the Euphrates dried up. I think Noah's ox going to be visible. That's my thinking. God reminding them, I judged the world once. I'm judging it again. Water? No. No, it's going to end in Armageddon. We'll, we'll see that. But the kings of the east, they, they, Euphrates is out of the way. And now this is why I think that this is so important, this, this Euphrates drying up. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the false prophet. Ugh, frog-like spirits, right? Well, they're unclean. We know who the dragon is, that's Satan. We know who the beast is, that's the coming world leader. We know who the false prophet is, that's his Holy Spirit type. So this is the unholy trinity right here. And I think there's, purposefully, they're trying to be like the triune Godhead. They are the spirits of devils, these three unclean spirits frog-like spirits, right? They are the spirits of devils. I could have told you that, right? They weren't angels coming out of the... Well, they're unclean, and they look like frogs, right? Or they're frog-like somehow. These are the spirits of devils, working miracles. Well, that's been happening all through. This is a very miraculous book, both demonic and God's work, uh, holy miracles. But these spirits, they go forth unto the kings of the whole earth, uh, and of the whole world to gather them together to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. How much world is left? I don't know. So much so that drying up of the Euphrates is an important strategic piece of it. 
You know, when, when I kind of think about it like this sometimes. Uh, you know, inside the seal judgment, we got, we got like um, 25% of the whole earth is already wiped out, right? That's like United States, it's like North America, Central America, South America, and parts of Western Europe. And maybe that's who is judged. Because I have the idea like the, the planet's shrinking in the sense of just the habitable land. And it's all going to end in Jerusalem. That's what I think, okay? And, and like, I think like places like North America, that's the first, first place that's wiped out. Nuclear catastrophe, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows that? But I think like the whole world here is the whole world, but the whole world of a greatly diminished population. <sighs> so these three unclean spirits, um, they go about to the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. God's manipulating the chess pieces on the board get his, he's going to have his day. Come on, come on down, guys. And the Old Testament says, you know, beat your plowshares into swords and your uh, pruning hooks into spears and let the weak say, I am strong. And God just saying, yeah, yeah, it's, it's exactly what I want you to say. Come on down. He's, he's working this out. Uh, and look at this verse 15. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that walketh and keepeth his garments lest he walk naked and see his shame. Jesus coming like a thief to these people? I don't think so. I think if they were paying attention to the death of the two witnesses of the resurrection, it's three and a half years later. The, 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 the second coming of Jesus Christ is very scheduled. It's on the calendar by this time. We don't know when the starting date is. That's the problem. It's uh, um, the time of Jacob's trouble. It's time, times, and half a time. Remember, it's all, it's all that. I think we'll know not only the day, the hour, those people here who are keeping track. I think this is a warning to us. Look at all these things going to happen. You want to get your act together like right now. The thiefness of Jesus Christ's return is for his church. That's the part you don't know. Is he coming today? I have... No reason to believe that he's not. Me, I'm always ready. That's the point. Lest he walk naked and see his shame. Spiritually naked. One guy, new convert, tried to tell me you can't ever be naked because if God shows up, you're going to be naked eternally. And this is the verse, and he was proof text. I'm glad you saw, yeah, I see you all wore clothes. Good choice. But remember, like, uh, it's a spiritual nakedness. Remember when Adam uh, ate of the fruit? First thing he do, he knew he was naked. Was he any more naked than he was before he ate the apple? He didn't have less clothes on, but now he's naked. We don't think of cats and dogs as naked. We think of just cat, them as cats and dogs. But Adam is natural state. Now it's not, uh, we got to cover up. It's not, you know what I mean? And your nakedness, is, your exposure is, is, I'm not covered in robes of righteousness that God has given to all those who believe in his name. So he gathered them together to a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. Everyone 
knows Armageddon, okay? They don't know it exactly right, correctly. We saw a movie, Bruce Willis, Armageddon, right? You know, a big meteor coming to the earth, and they got to go out and blow it up with nuclear weapons. And, you know, they got, and by the way, I generally like Bruno movies. He's kind of cool. I like, I like that sort of thing. But, you know, the guy's saying, oh, it's like Armageddon, all the worst part. It's like, it's like the book of the Revelation, all the worst parts, he says. And uh, one of the scientists saying, Armageddon, it's the end of the world. Well, it is. It's not like, don't, is there a big thing headed our way? I don't doubt, I don't doubt that, by the way. You remember one of the trumpet judgments that star falling from heaven and hits the fresh waters and contaminates a third of them? I don't doubt there is a big old star, planet, toyed, asteroid, whatever you want to call it, with our name on it, headed to Earth even as we speak. Um... But you gotta you gotta come to Christ while the, while there's still light, while there's still time. Well, I'll, I'll navigate through all these things later on. Yeah. He gathered them together to a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. The seventh angel poured out his vial, his bowl into the air, and there came a great noise out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, "It is done." This isn't to tell us that. Isn't that it is done that Jesus said? It's like it's finished. It's over. It's it's complete. All the, so he just pours this bowl out into the air. Was he all done with it? I'm just going to pour it out and waste it in the air. No, I think it's very specific. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. This is an attack on his kingdom. The it is done, I think, is Satan, done. Jesus has redeemed the earth to himself at this point. Now he's going to come back and claim it to himself. Satan's dominion is ended, it's over, it's all done. I think that's the it is done. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings. There was a great earthquake, oh my goodness, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. Well, how great, Adam? Oh, let me tell you. The great city was divided into three parts, and the cities and nations fell, and great Babylon came into remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. The great cities, that... Jerusalem? I don't know. I think it might even be Babylon here in the context. That great city. Two great cities. Jerusalem, and God's, representing God's kingdom. Babylon, representing Satan's kingdom. Um, great Babylon came in remembrance before God. God said, oh yeah, Babylon, I've got to deal with that. No, that's not how it is when it says remembrance. Now he says, now's the time. And now it is the time. God, he's going to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Boy, that sounds not pleasant. It's not. Every island fled away and the mountains were not found. So you want to be the, like the governor of Maui in the kingdom age? There is no Maui. Okay, all islands have fled away. Mountains were not found. I can show you Old Testament. By the way, every one of these verses is supported in the Old Testament. I can show you where mountains melt like wax in the Old Testament. This great earthquake. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven. Wow. Every stone about the weight of a talent. Now, I have a gloss that's 100 pounds. And people say anywhere from 75 to 100 pounds. I don't care if it's three. Falling from the upper atmosphere, like landing on your head, that's going to leave a mark, okay? But 100 pounds, that's, that's a bad day. Okay, and I don't think like you'd know the difference between 75 and 100 pounds if it hit you falling from the sky. And men blaspheme God because that's what they do at this point. That's all they do. That's all they got. They yell at God and, like I say, shake their little bony fists at Him. That's all they got. 
Repentance? Unquestionable this time. Nobody's doing it. Is it available? Who knows? Who knows? Nobody's turning to God at this point. I, th- I think like all the choices have already been made. And I think that's the reason for the uh, verse 15. While we read this in the light of the day, make your choice while you still can, because these people, I think they're locked into their decisions. Every stone's about the weight of a talent. Men blaspheme God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. I guess so. So we have an earthquake. We have all islands going away. We have all mountains going away. But Adam, you hear what you're saying? Like a Mount Everest is like a five-mile high mountain. All of a sudden, that's going to be what? A plane? Yeah. The greatest hill in the kingdom age is... Mount Zion, it's the chief of the whole, all the mountains. That like spring way up? I don't know. Maybe it's just all the other mountains came down uh, flatter than that. I, I have no idea. Here's no islands, no mountains, huge earthquake, and then we follow it up with this great hailstorm. What can be said about all this? I don't know. Come to Christ before any of this stuff happens. We're not going to think, oh, you're wonderful, you Bear up under all this. You're really a man of conviction. You're a woman who just will stick to their guns. Well, we're going to think, like I always think, you're just being ridiculous. I mean, seriously. Look at all this and you're thinking, no, this is my choice. I've made it and that's how it's going to be. Really? I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. Well, I don't believe it. You'll see it. You'll believe it eventually. And then I wonder, is it going to be too late? Just listen to my pastor's heart. There's not a person who I've ever met in my whole life I want to see any of these things happen to. Not one, not ever. And God doesn't either. People make choices, and the results of the choices. I don't want God. You want darkness. You want pain. You want misery. You want suffering. You want... You want hell. You trying to scare me, Adam? Yeah. Yeah, I came to Christ because I didn't want to go to hell, and I knew I was going there. And I I didn't understand all all the things I know. Stan, my worship leader is going to come. Let me just... I didn't understand all the things I... I just didn't want to go to hell, so I asked Jesus to save me. Did he? Yes. (laughs) Did he give me a new heart? Yes. Did he fill it up with his love? Yes. Did he... Was I a new creation in Christ? Yes, 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 yes. He fixed what was ailing me, and he's still working in my life to bring about the changes that will glorify him the most. He's a good God. If you don't know that, I adjure you, I I beg you. You don't have to come up. You have to make no altar call. In the privacy of your own heart, your own spirit, your own inner self, say, Lord, save me. I'm a miserable sinner. And he will say, yes. Just like that. Somebody say amen. Somebody testifies. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's pray and let's let's close now. Our Father and our God, we we thank you. We praise you. You're a glorious, you're a great God. And Lord, we don't joy when we think of the, what will come to those who are outside the ark of this this wonderful salvation. Moving hearts today. Uh, there's 
probably many online who are listening, they usually are. And Lord, just have your way in the hearts of, of all of us. And may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.